your lives. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to the Wompcast. When people usually see my podcast, they ask, what the hell is Womp? Now, Womp is a word that I created with my friend, like, many, many years ago. And turns out, like, I didn't even create it. It already exists. And I thought, if I were to name my podcast Womp, I better have a deep philosophical reason for doing so. So I searched up online, what is the definition of Womp? And turns out, it is uh, um, a word that stands for world on my plate. I thought that's quite interesting. And in addition, it is the noise that dinosaurs make when they sneeze. So I thought to myself, deep contemplation, what is a more philosophically substantive definition? I thought it's probably the first one. So we are here on the World on My Plate podcast to dissect and dissect everything in the world that is, I guess, on my plate. And here we have today joining me, Kelly, my dear friend that I've known since seventh grade, allegedly. Factually. No, factually. That's a fact. No, I don't (laughs) remember. That's a fact. That's a fact. I I remember you were a weirdo on grade night. (laughs) Okay, yeah, but... Yeah, okay. Okay, you were the one stalking me and you, like, remembered me all these I wasn't. I wasn't stalking you. We were in the same summer school class. What do you mean stalking you? You just existed and I just perceived. (laughs) I know, but I, like, I don't even remember half the people in my classes and their names and uh-huh. you know it's yeah, like they were all kind of weird not gonna lie and we met anyways yeah sorry later. you finish your intro yeah yeah okay 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 so yeah I, I met her allegedly but we became friends in grade when did we start talking like we started talking we got, grade we got closer in grade nine french class and then we actually like became much much more closer in grade 10 career class mm-hmm. i think yeah. when i first approached you I made I made a joke about Asians eating dogs. I, I remember I said You should something. be glad I didn't cancel you. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I think uh I can't remember our first our first interaction. Hmm. I think it's because we talk too much. Yeah. To each probably. Other. Yeah. I remember we were in the same French, like, I don't really think we were friends before this, but I remember we were in the same French group and we read the same, like, French book. Mm. Like, we were, like, because I think I missed, I missed class one day and I got arranged into your group and then your group read, like, the, I think you guys read, like, Tumon Sa. That was the book we, that was the book we had to read. Yeah, the kid, the kid who was bullied and then he, he, he challenged the bully to a competition of eating crooked. Crickets. Yeah, eating insects. And then he yes. won. And then yeah. the, the bully was like, I am a loser now. I will I will not challenge your authority anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, those were good nice. times. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are. So, yeah. And you've been an observer of uh, like me and like I my have. development over the years. So, we go back quite a while. So, here we yeah. are. Now, Kelly and I have the best conversations and and I have great conversations with so many people in my life I find each individual so interesting and society tends to underestimate how much everyone has to contribute to the discussions going on so I I hope to highlight in this podcast how interesting people are I mean Kelly's not like like Kelly you are interesting interesting but like you know 
No, no, no. I, you're, I, I, I think you're interesting, interesting. I think each individual oh. is interesting, interesting. But I, like, I enjoy like talking to you. Uh-huh. Uh, like, Thank some you. people are Thank interesting you. in the way they're like, you know, I'd rather observe you from like a kilometer away, mm-hmm. and please don't get any closer. But you're mm-hmm. like, you're like, you know, I can have a conversation with you for like five hours straight, no problem. And yeah. we have, we have, we've, we've we, talked. yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, how have you been doing? It's been a while. I've been doing pretty good. Well, it's near the end of spring break, and I'm just having you know, the last of my breaks. So, it's mm. been pretty good, pretty chill, except for studying. Yeah, mm. that's been. That's been another big part of my spring break. Anyways, how have you been, Kristen? <laughs> Honestly, um, I've I've been pretty damn great. I think when I get an extensive period of break after, you know, because we're both IB students and it, it's very strenuous and intensive, fast-paced working. And after when you just get a long break, um, you just collapse for a few days. Mm-hmm. And and then you find your rhythm again, and I think I that's definitely what happened this spring break. I just had to collapse for a few days. And now I'm starting this podcast for fun, so I found my rhythm back again. But IB that's is great. definitely a real disruptor in our lives. <laughs> to say the least. I think IB is our lives. Like I remember hearing in the past, like alum alumni, like. Of Abby, that would used to be like Abby is life, Abby is life, and like I remember, like when I was younger, I used to think, oh, you're just you're just saying that because you get to sound cool and like like posh or whatever. But now mm-hmm. I feel like they probably say it from like a very like a very like melancholy standpoint. Because <laughs> like mm-hmm. I now also agree, Abby is life, but I don't say that with pride. I say that with sorrow almost. Yeah. <laughs> that Abby, but you know, like Abby literally takes over your life, whether you want it to or not. I thought it was so strange that people made IB their identity. They wear mm-hmm. like IB hoodies all day, every day. I mean, they have so much merch. Their entire closet is just IB merch. And over yeah. time, it it started making sense to me. It is IB, whether you like it or not, really mm-hmm. takes over your life. Unless you're some sort of like psychopath and you're doing like AP IB at the same time and you're running your own mm-hmm. damn organization. But that's like that's that's like that's like finding that's like so incredibly <laughs> like once in a blue moon someone yeah you probably get like three hours average of sleep yeah, i mean i know some people who's it. getting three hours average of sleep right now who are only doing IB. so like i know people who for the sake of getting like a mid 40 mark mm-hmm. like just sacrifice their health i mean i know i know a girl who has heart problems because mm-hmm. of ib and, and mm-hmm. how how intense and like how anxious she feels all the time i mean like we're only 17 18 and we already have heart problems <laughs> because of IV. It, it's just it's such a toxic environment in some ways being in advanced courses there's this yeah. expectation um set upon you and maybe you join an ib because you love learning that's why i mm-hmm. joined i don't know about you mm-hmm. um I just kind of did. I don't know why I did it. I just kind of did. <laughs> you have no but like, I've, I've grown to. <laughs> I've grown to like it though. Mm. Kind of, yeah. Well, there's yeah. pros and cons to it, definitely. Especially if you're, you're like a high achiever. It's like people expect. It's like people. The amount that people expects from you increases exponentially the more successful mm-hmm. you are. 
and eventually here we are at IB and people not only expect us to be good IB students but also like you know we run our own club at school we're involved we're you know like super smart we're also great people you know mm-hmm. it's not just about being a student it's also being a person and a good citizen come on we sometimes overestimate ourselves i mean we are only 17 18 yeah. and we've uh what we we've lived for i obviously like 17 18 years but for yeah. 10 of those years <laughs> we probably like don't remember it and mm-hmm. we've only been really conscious um of like our existence really in a sense for the past few years and we've only been really doing stuff for maybe the past four years so i mean we're all like four years old did you not kid. exist until you were 13 what, what is this it seems like what that it seems like oh. that because it's almost like I didn't do anything. I didn't learn anything. Maybe that's why you don't remember me in grade eight. <laughs> you barely remember anything until like grade nine. Yeah, I mean, there's something about like existing and development that goes hand in hand. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're not conscious if you don't grow. Is that yeah? Mm. So, so I'd say it's like I only I'm four years old. Yeah, I get that. I feel like adolescence is also one of those things where like too many things are happening at once because you also grow like exponentially as well. That's how I view it. So like when you look back, it's really hard to recall what you were like before it. It almost seems like like you don't really realize that you're changing until you look back. And then when you look back, you're like, ew, that was me. But like you barely remember what life was like before then because my memory is also absolute trash. So I only remember like like instances of when I was a kid too. Yeah, it's probably not as bad as you though. Your case sounds kind of. <laughs> mm, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a bad kid though. Um, mm. Hmm. I I just I just did hit things, you know. I just did yeah. things without yeah. thinking, Same. and yeah, and it, it's it's as cringy as it is precious because I think we've both reached a point where I mean we've both diagnosed. Uh, we are sorry. We both are. Diagnose what? Wait, sorry, I just I. I what are you diagnosing me with? <laughs> okay, <laughs> no. Uh, I, no. I I am I'm I'm okay. I don't know why I diagnosed you. It's just me. I I'm diagnosing myself with senioritis, and it's it's a real damn okay. thing. It's like where you have reached this precipice of this huge transition of your life, and you begin reflecting on this phase that you just gone through, and. It's just this period of where you just want to shed uh, your past self and just look at everything that's happened objectively. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I started phasing out of all my extracurricular obligations, starting new ones, um, mm-hmm. shedding that past self. Even though, like, I love the extracurriculars I did before, I think I just need a period of time to reflect. Uh-huh. And I lost my train of thought. So. Yeah, but yeah, senioritis is a real damn thing. Senioritis is a real damn thing. I experienced it during winter break, not during spring break though. Winter break was when I was having it hard, but like now I'm much more at peace. I feel like because I've gotten into the rhythm of things, and you know, I'm just steadily working towards a goal. And hopefully, you know, June passes, I, my exams finish, our exams finish, mm. and then I'm free from IB IB prison. Yeah, <laughs> IB in prison. Yeah. Don't, don't you get it? You get it? You! You! But anyways, I th- okay, I remember what I wanted to say. Um, right. Because now I'm at a point where I'm asking myself, 
to what extent was it worth it to work literally till I'm physically sick mm-hmm. right um, yeah yes I think, what I okay sorry go ahead sorry I was just saying that I feel like RB is kind of a program specifically designed for you to be a specific person kind of kind of like like it would be suited for this category of people cuz i the way i approach it is like uh there's a lot of things that you kind of have to sacrifice if you want to go into this program like like i don't know like your soul your whatever your old extracurricular activities stuff like that it's like a list but like there has to come to a point where you have to make your own decision that some things that you want belonging to you is not up for grabs and it's up to you to to fend for it like like mental health like you know your sleeping patterns your your food consumption because i know i have like some friends who who's like sleeping routine just deteriorated and completely blew up just cuz like they can't really navigate the the line between what when to do work when to not do work how much you have to procrastinate like how like not how much you have to like how much you would procrastinate stuff like that mm-hmm. so i feel like you kind of just have to learn through the path that some things are much more important and you have to protect them while maintaining other things i feel like my lesson through this this program was kind of like how you juggle these things mm. kind of that was my struggle but i'm on the luckier side of things like there was a time period where my sleeping schedule also was weird as hell like i'd come back from school i'd fall asleep at like 3 p.m. and then i'd wake up at like like 7 p.m. or like 8 p.m. or 9 and then i'd be all the way through the night like all all awake through the night until like 4 a.m. and then fall asleep and then wake up by 8. Like that yeah, was my son. sleeping schedule. Yeah, that <laughs> It was yeah. pretty it was pretty rough for a hot minute. Uh, but like then you just have a window of time to like, you know, mm, do work but yeah. also I don't really like doing it. Yeah, I know it's, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird how cuz like when you go through school and you come home you just feel so tired and it's hard to break out of habits when you already like fall into them. Mm. So, yeah. we totally underestimate the importance of health and it's something it's like a, it's like a it's like a it's like a chess piece that we willingly like expend uh, like yeah. uh, to, to sacrifice for like for mm-hmm. this concept of success that honestly like none of us have really defined you know because because success is very very subjective but anyways um mm-hmm. I've realized over time how important health is and yeah I think initially we tell ourselves we are young and we can sacrifice parts of our youth for happiness later on but and we we will we can relax later on but like if you're not going to like when are you going to relax yeah if if you don't build in the habit of finding time to relax in within your day when are you because mm-hmm. we're not creatures that can just suddenly like drop everything and just like we need habits and yeah building this very very unhealthy habit of this workaholism and mm-hmm. it's it's really killing an entire generation yeah yeah it's it's a very big issue right now mm. over productivity yeah i mean i have a family friend he He has a very very sad life story and he um you, you know he was an immigrant he he uh, dropped out of high school started working in a hotel 
and he would work it was not a nine to five job it was more like 6 a.m to like 2 a.m in the morning like one to 2 a.m in the morning uh-huh. and it was every day no holiday no nothing because hotel industry is like you don't get a break mm-hmm. and it's like he worked in the hotel industry from he went from uh sorry from sophomore year to now he's like in his like he's nearly 50 now and wow yeah and he told me it is taken two marriages from him and five kids (laughs) it's like what Mm. yeah uh well not okay they're not dead i know i (laughs) don't know (laughs) no but it's it's destroyed his relationship of my family (laughs) (laughs) no they're still Mm. alive and they're well um Mm. But he has like central tremors because of how he's because how he's has so much stress he's built up over time to yeah, a point where yeah. he can't control his nervous system, and he's mm-hmm. shaking. He, he can't. He has this shake in his like basically. It it started out in his arms and hands, and now it's like evolved into his jaw. And if it gets mm-hmm. really bad, like soon he won't even be able to like eat. He won't be mm-hmm. able to. He can't eat soup without like spilling it all over himself, and it's just. It's it's sorrowful and it's 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 in a way I hate to say this but it's a pathetic sight you know I mean mm-hmm. he's objectively speaking he's in the middle of his lifespan and he's lost it you know and yeah. now he's, yeah. he's forced to retire because yeah. because of his health um, and he kept telling himself if I work hard I will reap the rewards later but he never did he never mm-hmm. did. So I was, yeah. I saw that, I, I the realization hit me. I'm like, damn, son. Like, when <laughs> am I going to relax? Yeah, I think, I think it's really, really hard to be able to like, like, I feel like it's important though, like to be able to get in the framework of like being able to enjoy what you are doing currently. And like, there's some circumstances, probably I'm only allowed to say this because I'm still like young, right? I don't really have like, you know, debt or like, I will very soon with student loan debt, but like, that's another issue. (laughs) I don't have any like bills to pay or stuff like that. Right. So I feel like I at least still have the freedom to decide like what I want to do for myself. And like, it comes with the joy of having a goal and achieving a goal. Cause I feel like humans are like wired to be goal achieving creatures. Right. So I see there being like a reason for doing things like that, but not at the expense of your entire family. Right. Like, that that shit breaks my heart that you have to like it's not even i don't even know if that like did his circumstance force him to do that or did he make a wrong decision in his life because like he had bills to pay right he had he had like things he had to do so like what was he working for in the end well it's not the factor but it's a big (laughs) factor i i think this guy what i see from him is i think because he has been working all his life he never mm-hmm. had time to develop him as a person. He focused too much of his time on him as a, a general manager, him as a leader um, and a, a businessman and never mm-hmm. enough on him as a person. So, and because oh. he doesn't know who he is and what he wants, this manifests as communication problems between his and his spouse. and. Uh. I think it's also his personality too. He seems like the type of guy. He's he's a very he's a very what was the term? 
traditionally masculine, like the traditional uh, concept of masculine, uh-huh, uh-huh. very chivalrous. He wants to feel like he's a provider in a relationship, a giver. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's and it, that gives him a sense of pride and dignity, and so he just pushes mm-hmm. himself to, to to work to fill this this need, this endless pit uh, in his mm-hmm. heart, and now okay. it's and and now he he's like miserable because he's like damn that was not worth it mm-hmm. but whenever yeah, i have I conversations like, yeah. with him yeah, oh yeah I, i'll just it? finish with one point yeah, yeah. um there's one example like whenever i tell him about stuff like a restaurant um that i uh like his restaurant like poutine or whatever like a food item people mm-hmm. are like yeah i had it like 30 40 years ago it's always like 20 30 40 years ago i went mm-hmm. there 30 years ago i i went to that restaurant 30 years ago everything and i, and I brought it up at one point i'm like yeah like what like where have you been for those 30 did you years? stop existing for 30 years yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. like he's like i might as well have not existed you know it's like mm-hmm. he, he's just he just worked he didn't have a life it reminds me of that quote frederick nietzsche it's like Mm-hmm. Every, like every man dies few ever live and like he didn't live and when is he going to live he doesn't know how to yeah. live as ironic as it sounds like we are alive so we should know how to live but yeah if we don't damn son yeah damn son that's the conclusion of this of this episode damn son <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like my new thing. It's my new gimmick. I'm making it my oh, new gimmick. Amazon. That's so Amazon. funny. Okay, because mm-hmm. I have this theory of like, of like meme culture. You know, Damson mm-hmm. used to be a big thing back in like 2011, like when we were in elementary school. Mm-hmm. But like you'd see like that that troll face, and then the caption would be like Damson or something <laughs> like that. And okay. And yeah. it became cringy because it was so overused. However, right. after that cringy phase, um, there's this time where it's just like socially condemned. You know, it's like you're, you're like morally bankrupt if you say damn son. <laughs> and uh-huh. now, now it, because so much time has passed, it, 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 there's like this period of revival. And I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back damn son. Wow, Kristen, condoner of damn son promoter of dance on <laughs> yeah i am i am i am a trailblazer in the meme culture <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. side side note side note um did you know the womp <laughs> the womp thing have you yeah. heard of the james charles singing thing what you don't no. know there's like a video it was also a meme for a hot minute where like in the in a video he's like I don't remember how old he was but like they were going somewhere to like Las Vegas. i'm not quite sure what was going on but they were in like a place and then like it was like a party i guess and then someone filmed james charles trying to sing you know james charles like the makeup the makeup beauty guru and, yeah, and then he, he, like in the video he basically isn't like wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like do you know <laughs> have you heard of this no okay. i don't i don't pay attention to james charles because i'm not a normie <laughs> it was on my instagram recommendation but like yeah, it was that was a meme for for a hot second. So I hope you know that's the subliminal message your podcast sends. <laughs> no, okay, well, no. James Charles is like is like is gonna get copyrighted. He is violating my 
intellectual property. Womp <laughs> is my creation. So I hope you win that lawsuit. <laughs> There's no way he's gonna give up the word the womp womp womp. He probably doesn't even want the womp 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 to be associated with him. Hmm. I think they were. I think like internet trolls were trying to troll him on his bad singing or something. Because it was it was a pretty weird video. Anyways, we should we should get back on track. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So where were we? Um. We actually we were we were talking about being an IB and then we jumped into this man's life and like over okay. productivity. Yeah, uh, it's it's very like a very integral part of Western. Like, okay, it's not. People tend to say it's part of like the American work culture. I don't think that's true. I think it's just a very big part of um, modern work culture. That's yeah, how I in general. Yeah. And I think it's because of one factor is like technological advancement as mm-hmm. like our economy mm-hmm. becomes more advanced over time um like we get better and better at making jobs more efficient and therefore there's like less work hours less jobs available also automation right and mm-hmm. the technical skills required for jobs uh and and the experience and is is um the benchmark for those two things are increasing over time mm-hmm. and that makes people like like we just need to we just need to grind all our lives out in order to yeah yeah live a middle class life at yeah. least i think it's also like we're in a period of development i feel like cuz like nowadays we're introducing a lot of new technology so we're still in that transition stage i feel like what our parents grew up with like even then they were still a lot of technological advancements along the way because like phones didn't exist 10 years the phones exist mm. 10 years ago phones didn't yes, exist 15 did. years ago oh. 15 years ago like not like you know like smartphones like they probably was like a nokia or whatever but like yeah. smartphones probably came around later then so like a lot of the times disruptive technology just appears out of nowhere so i feel like we're in a stage of like high de- like quick development and a lot of things are probably going to be changing over time like who knows what's going to happen 10 years in the future we're probably not going to have flying cars but like something's probably going to change all of our lives like I mean, it's not just disruptive <laughs> technology i mean before we had disruptive technology in the sense that they enhance or they enhance a process of uh, mm-hmm. creation yeah, but I just mean like have... that they change the way we function, basically. Yeah, like but now we have technology to. that replace, replace mm-hmm. an entire workforce, the like automated cars mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, like, uh, I, this is this is like we're getting political here, and I want to like talk about politics in separate podcast. Uh-huh. But but anyways, but th- all this feeds into higher expectations for young people, and um, it's meaningful when we're working on it. Um, it's so it's it's as meaningful as it is tiring and mm-hmm. um, afterwards we're just like to what extent was it worth it um i, I think i think well, i'm speaking from a poli- position of privilege when i say that because it is because i did the things that i did that i can say now was it worth it you know mm-hmm. so i mean it's not privilege I earned it myself. Yeah, okay, yeah, I I'm, I'm kind of confused by what. You, yeah, <laughs> what did you just say? Yeah, no, but it is because we worked so hard and we reached a certain point that we could look. Back okay, you're talking. You're back to IB now. Like IB extracurriculars, just to work. Oh hard yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fulfilling. I would say, like, overall, you know, I'd probably rate it like a. 
7.5 out of 10 experience, probably. Just cause like, probably like I was, <laughs> Kristen laughs cause she like disagrees. But like, I feel like probably cause I come from a more like, more like, and like, I'm pretty capable of self-regulation. So like, to me, it's just like, oh, it, it expanded my capacity to like, you know, balance things out better, to grow more, stuff like that. So like, for me, I feel like it really shaped who I am and it, it's good, it, it really changes. It really like sucks you in as like a as like a scared newbie and spits you out the other side as like a war veteran or something like that. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's like a mental war. It really is. <clears throat> your yeah. your constant battle with like yourself and societal expectations and the yeah. expectations of your peers and your teacher. It's it really mm -hmm. is a battle. And it I feel like it's almost like a like a a kiddie pool for real society in some ways like it really makes you have to experience a lot more like no i wouldn't say so i wouldn't say really so I, I i talked to um okay i met this guy he's a he's a upenn alumni and mm -hmm. he's very 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 capable i mean he's in his mm -hmm. like late 20s and he's like he's like a multi-millionaire he's retired uh -huh. now um he retired at like yeah. 20 He's a he's an angel investor now, so he's still making a bank, but he oh, he, okay. he does it more like as a side job. And um, well, well, why would you retire at thirty? I'm kind of because he doesn't need to work anymore. He's like he's like packed in his pockets. His really? pockets. I don't think I'd I don't think I'd ever retire from anything. Oh, you're just gonna work until the day you die. Probably like I'm not going. To, I don't want to be overworked until the day I die. But like mm -hmm. I feel like. I feel like it'd be hard for me to just, you know, be like, you know what, I'm a, I'm a tap out now for the rest of my life. Like that's mm -hmm. kind of hard for me. Mm -hmm. for me. Probably just because I've I've barely gotten started, so it doesn't make sense for me to be like, you know what, I've had enough. Yeah, I feel like you like work. You like work, and and I don't think you're the type of person <laughs> to like get a job just for the sake mm -hmm. of getting a job. I feel like you get a job mm -hmm. because you enjoy um, aspects yeah. of the job. Yeah. Maybe not in its entirety, but yeah. I mean, I firmly believe in believe in the like, like you have to set a goal for yourself and you have to work towards it. I feel like that's like purpose is what makes you want to live. So like, I feel like a lot of the times if you don't have if you don't have a job or if you don't have anything around you that concerns something else, you're not going to feel as like you're kind of going to feel like you're just floating around. You know, you don't really have your feet on the ground. That's how I feel about it, though. I don't really know. Maybe one day when I'm very overworked, I'd be like, please, please let my feet not be on the ground anymore. Maybe. I mean, you're right about people being goal-oriented creatures. I mean, it's built very into our biological systems. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, like, like dopamine, it's released when your body detects that you're moving towards a meaningful goal. You know, the Jordan Peterson mm -hmm. stuff. It's based yes. in our biology, so you have to identify a meaningful goal that's like, meaningful not expedient but anyway so this mm -hmm. this guy mm -hmm. um i have very interesting conversations with him and and not and not just him but, but with many people who are like later in their years i really mm -hmm. enjoy talking to i don't want to say old people but like they're pretty old <laughs> Ex experience uh, experience yeah people. yeah and um mm -hmm. the consensus seems to be that uh, this guy put it explicitly he said i am smarter back then in high school than I am now because of how much like academic intellectual thinking I had to do and work because mm -hmm. in 
in the workforce now progressingly so it is the your ability to uh, manage relationships i think is becoming more and more important as like technical new age uh no no mm-hmm. wait how do I like do managing that? connections is more important as you grow older right is that no, what no. you're saying no no in in society today i feel like it is mm-hmm. much more important oh, hmm. so how did he put it again jeez but well anyways i think society today getting jobs regardless learning how to interact with people um and and figuring out the rules of the system that you work in um mm-hmm. is far more important than being academically smart because i know this guy who went to pomona he didn't mm-hmm. like he he's he's a, he's a pretty damn bright guy and mm-hmm. he did not um like he only studied for the final exam in his senior year for one day like the day before he took the exam why uh-huh. because and he got the highest score what you got the highest score i mean he he majored in political science but like that's not, but this is at pomona college you know this is a very uh-huh. high top notch institution he got the highest score why because he figured out the system and what it required mm-hmm. and he was able to manage his time efficiently around that. So there's it's a different kind of intelligence. It's not academic intelligence. Yeah. Your ability to retain information um to some degree. You, you need a good memory and like this kind of what is it? It's like it's not just like being able to detect like patterns patterns. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And being able to like identify the hierarchy of important tasks and like concepts mm-hmm. and um and being resourceful being resourceful mm-hmm. it's a different kind of intelligence it's, it's it's what people would usually identify as street smart i would think yeah yeah i agree with that i feel like uh i mean i'm probably too cut like i cuz for me i feel like the only reason why i would say oh yeah i'd be kind of helpful with that as like a kitty pool is cuz It's more so because of my cast experiences. It really depends on how far you throw yourself out there for cast. But a lot of my like volunteering experience forced me to apply myself to a lot of more like societal settings, and like I learned much more about like the importance of connections. And I think just like, just like, mm, I don't know though. Maybe this you learn more in regular, but I feel like I learned it in cast that it doesn't. It's not really just like book smart. Like you study. and then you put in the hard work and you get a result cuz a lot of times it's not like that like you have to you have to have certain connections and you have to you know like there's different ways to winning and there is winning as in like you know achieving whatever goal you want than just like you know memorizing everything like yeah. i get that yeah But i see I what you're like, saying i see what you're mm-hmm. i think we begin to take the step towards that kind of resourceful yeah. street smart kind of a street smart yeah. type of smart Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah. Because, because in IB, you're you. It, it's we're, a, we're required to do these things. Depends on how far you put yourself out. There, no, not though, just like, cast though. But even in like mm-hmm. geography, um, and English, you really have to analyze like deeper themes. There's a lot of uh, really like, 
like philosophical intellectual ideas you have to grapple with and that trains your ability to analyze and dissect yeah yeah information which helps you in real life uh which is why i think people in ib i have much more substantive uh, substantive conversations with them than people in regular Mm -hmm. and like normies in regular (laughs) (laughs) normies nice <laughs> okay, I yeah. I don't like saying that, but mm-hmm. it's like when we walk. I get where we're coming across. Yeah, like when we walk home, you know, we discuss yes. the Mexican like, economy. That's you know, <laughs> like yeah, we discuss the effects of NAFTA on like Mexico's yeah. development, and uh, yeah. we discuss like not just nerd stuff like that. We discuss like um. Uh, you know, the... My birth rates are declining. (laughs) Uh, uh, And and like, no, no, not just social issues, but also like Uh interpersonal, like psychological phenomenon. We're not, we're not dumb people wise, you know, we know how to interact, like, like, Uh and like the psychological, like the motivations between someone's certain actions, you know, like why um, this specific kid in our grade is such an asshole. Mm Mm-hmm. But we get yet deep into philosophy. We talk about Freud, you know, his relationship with his mother, things like that, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, the the weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. But because because when I was in like regular classes, there's a stereotype about IB kids that they're only book smart, and I, I really That's don't a stereotype in regular classes. Yeah, but the thing yeah. is, like, to some degree, it is very hard to be only book smart. I think. If you're smart, you're just smart. I don't think there's different types of intelligence. Wait, okay, that sort of contradicts a previous statement. Okay, previously when I was talking about, (laughs) previously when I was talking about like the the rich guy type of smart and um, like IB required like skills, I think those are experience. Mm -hmm. What I mean, like like you need a certain. But here I'm talking about intelligence. You know, like I think for me, like the way I see it, it all depends on like motivation it really depends on like what you set your mind towards because like in the system it's pretty like you probably have to practice the act of like okay what it is what is it that i want to achieve and how am i going to get there you have to repeated repetitive repetitively do that but like in regular i guess that exists to some extent but you're not really like there's not really as much of a pressure so in some ways if you are purely book smart in IB, you can't really just be purely book smart because you also have to understand what is the necessary material for you to know to you know exceed in this class because it's not just about you know staring at a textbook it's about like how do you efficiently manage your time between all other subjects to like actually so it has a lot to there's like a lot more work and psychological training that occurs i feel like than just like i'm i'm a book i remember books like it's not really as simple as that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because okay you're right because um when we have so much on our plate we have to evaluate okay what's the meaning of family what's the meaning of friendship Mm -hmm. and uh, to what extent should i invest my time in it things like that so you're right you're right um and because we get into the habit of deep critical thinking we tend to like export that habit into other facets of our life mm-hmm. and, i mean it also might facilitate some like unhealthy behaviors especially towards like fixation on numbers i feel like that's something that i like it's a habit i really i developed in myself but i really hate it that i've suddenly grown so attached to like 
like I need a seven, I want a seven, I want a seven. Like like when I get a five, my heart just like breaks. Like that's not how I'm supposed to behave. Because I remember in like my younger years of education, it was so much more about like, like don't compare yourself to your surroundings. You have to compare yourself to your past so that you could grow the most you can. Like I still agree with that statement, but like you also have to gain perspective on what is going on around you. Like in some ways that might excel you to grow more than just mm-hmm. looking at yourself and be like, how much did I grow from them? Cause it's also the quote where it was like, like surround yourself with people who you want to be like, something like that. Cause you like pick up mm-hmm. habits from them, right? Like, I feel like that work, that works too, if you're below, but once you're above, it's better to look at yourself than it is other people. If you want to, if you actually want to become the best version of yourself. But like the IB system kind of just like screws that completely. Cause you're exact, like you're put exactly at a number scale. Once you achieve a seven, even though it's like, like, okay, I guess this is the best you can do. I don't really feel like there's supposed to be a ceiling to the extent of like, to the extent of like how much you should know or how how much you should delve into a topic. It's more so like, if you like this, you should pursue it. You shouldn't just become comfortable with where you are just because this thing's telling you you're getting a hundred in regular. Like in some ways, I don't really like that. I'm not saying getting a seven is easy either, but like, you know, mm. it kind of breaks, it kind of like, changes the wiring in your head to be geared towards like i i want these numbers i want these numbers i can't i can't like i'll cry i'll have a mental breakdown if i don't get these numbers because mm-hmm. like once you it also kind of scares me how once you go into university of course numbers are still important but like unless you're studying stem i heard like your gpa doesn't matter as much you just need to get the get the uh your like graduation thing it's your resume thing. like for business um huh. i think i'm business the thing i'm heading into is uh-huh. like i know i know people who like barely passed their classes but they spent so much time networking that they they like got like like a hundred job offers you know uh-huh. yeah like literally i feel like oh sorry yeah huh? i feel like that was that's kind of a thing that would be hard to break out of once you finish high school and you enter uni where like having the top gpa doesn't really matter anymore and even above that once you actually get a job you like no one's gonna grade you on anything you you could only see how well you've completed a task and then you revert back to like the the goal setting of like of like how they graded things in like high middle school where it's like just be the best you can and we'll give you an a like something like that like it, mm. it seems a, a much more like pure and original state of like like, are you being the best version of yourself in comparison to like that score that score everybody globally on the same scale and see where you compare to the global average, like something like that. Mm. So that's going to be something hard to break out of, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think it's the idea that you shouldn't compare yourself to other people is naive and unrealistic because by nature, we are, we are like, sorry, we are. 我们在开门了，我在跟朋友讲话。Sorry, that's my brother. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted. Okay. Yeah, so we are two diametrically opposing, like, uh, existences. We are individual and we are social. So mm-hmm. perhaps, um, and we cannot ever perhaps properly reconcile in our heart which is more important than the other. And perhaps that's just the meaning. That's just how. That's just the type of creatures we are. We are just we're the type of creatures to just struggle for eternity. And that's where we mm-hmm. find meaning. I I find it, like, I feel like this kind of ties into, like, coming of age. Like, mm. 
I used I used to think that you know like I think what they mean by like don't compare yourself to others to be something where it's like as a kid it's like and why does why does like why do they have the Barbie like four story house and I don't like I guess in some ways it could be like an adult excuse used to shut up kids but like I kind of thought of it in the same way in the way that it was like. I don't know where I'm, I don't know. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> blanks out mid-sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it almost felt like as a kid, it was more so like disrespectful in some ways to compare yourself to others. Kind of. Disrespectful I really know to who? To the, to the other people you're comparing yourself with. Mm-hmm. I don't know in, why. In mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I think as a kid, I, I felt like it's like competition is unhealthy. Oh. It's probably because I didn't like being hostile and like that kind of thing so I felt as if even if I were better I'd much rather not be like you know compare myself and be like yeah I'm good or like stuff like that I think it's the same concept of like men objectifying women and why people are so uh like um adamant against it and uh like Mm -hmm. people fetishizing Asians um Mm -hmm. like do you believe that people fetishize Asians well hold on hold on I'll get to that but Mm -hmm. yeah like people uh when you when you admire someone for such like uh like fictitious values you like like you render their individuality down to this one very Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, dumb mm -hmm. thing yeah 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 yeah. and and they just feel you know undermined Mm -hmm. so so perhaps that's why it's disrespectful as as for why people do people okay yeah i over the <laughs> summer um, uh-huh. i don't think i've told you this actually so th- this will yeah. come to you as quite a shock but over the summer i downloaded bumble um <laughs> yeah how was it and, how was your experience okay <laughs> the reason why i didn't want to like get a girlfriend or like boyfriend or whatever but i wanted mm-hmm. to just talk to people and just because because I'm an I'm I'm not an introvert. I'm pretty extroverted. I'm like yeah. talking yeah, to yeah. people. I'm like ambervert. Uh, but I want to. I feel like I I am too insulated of environment socially. I tend to talk to people who are very high achieving and because they're mm-hmm. very interesting people. Um, and mm-hmm. I want to just talk to people of all different backgrounds and um mm-hmm. and I just wanted to learn how to navigate the social scene right i'm assuming you didn't get to see that you just got to see a bunch of dick pics or something right (laughs) no i I had very good intellectual conversation what bumble i'm not kidding it's time for me to download i I had very like i I had it it was i had a great time on bumble um the people around you know you're 17. no Mm. i no i i (laughs) no um (laughs) I said I was 18, but I was 16 okay. at the time, and I didn't like. Okay. I would have, I, I would have like Zoom dates with like all, all the like, like they called it that. But I, I, we were just talking. Um, I would talk to like people for like maybe two calls at most, and then, mm-hmm. and, and I'd show a bye bye. <laughs> I'd like say bye bye. Ghost, ghost. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I did ghost one girl like accidentally. Um, because <laughs> oh no, I, I ghosted a guy and a girl accidentally because Damn, I, son. <laughs> I, I downloaded sorry. a fake, um, I, I downloaded, not a fake, sorry, I downloaded this free, like, phone app, um, okay. and where you get a free number and you can, like, 
like mm-hmm. get a new one anytime you want and you can text people but it's so bad like it would never mm-hmm. it would like someone would send me a message and i wouldn't receive it till a week later and mm-hmm. or, or like literally two weeks later and and for both of these people the girl like i never got her message and then and then she texted me like a week later she was like she was like i guess i got ghosted it sucks because there was no communication stay lovey <laughs> It just makes me not want to get Bumble. What intellectual conversations were you having on Bumble? Okay, but right. What, what, okay, oh, we were talking about fetishizing. Okay, fetishizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did talk to this one guy um, who, okay, he really did. I, I never knew that people did this. I always thought that people were like being, like, because I never saw this. I never heard of this, like, fetishization of Asians until I experienced it myself. You know, it's, it's a real wow. damn thing. It's really annoying. It's not hateful. Mm-hmm. It's not racist. You know, it's not like it's ignorant and it's distasteful. Like I just mm-hmm. feel sad for these people because of how I don't know. They're just it, anyways. It's just so gross. And he he was like, he's just like he's just going on and on and on about why he liked Asian girls and he why he only dated Asian girls. And you know, he's he's very he 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 thought I was like pretty because. Uh, I was a cute Asian girl, and he liked Asians. It's just he didn't he didn't say anything that was blatantly uh-huh. like disrespectful. Um, uh huh. But it's just uncomfortable. Not seeing me as mm-hmm. a person, as who I am, as as me. You're seeing me for my skin color, and um, and prescribing these stereotypes onto me, and you like this idea of me. You know, mm-hmm. this glor- mm-hmm. not a glorified, this this simplified version of me, and yeah. So he called me once, and then and then like, and then I hung up, and then like never talked again. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> so I, I go through. These some people they just don't deserve like <laughs> closure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You just need to get ghosted, man. Like he deserved to get ghosted. He doesn't deserve. It's not my place to fix him. It's not my place mm-hmm. to have that discussion with him. I don't even know. He goes. Would you imagine that you're able to change someone like that, though? Like if you were like, bro, stop, stop, stop the yellow fever, bro. Like, do you think that would like? P- do you think people are capable of change in that way? If you're like, like, what action would you have to take to actually have that development undergo? You can, you can, like, right? Um, like, you can, like make them change through fear i mean that's what basically could <laughs> be like i i no longer want to talk to an asian girl I'm serious. I'm something like that <laughs> i'm not kidding because um i think fear is the most potent but it's unstable it's a potent but unstable tactic for uh, changing other people and you see that through cancel culture and mm-hmm. um when i say cancel culture i don't mean like um like James Charles getting canceled because he's sexting 16 year olds or, or or like Woody Allen getting canceled because he raped his um or uh his uh someone but his daughter uh, yeah his daughter and then he married his daughter I think yeah I read that a while ago and I was like oh no so many levels are wrong <laughs> anyways yeah. like that's people taking accountability for crimes you know like, and okay. I hate crime included but people getting canceled for instance um uh uh like um uh like just just for 
for making for, saying for, a slur. Not a slur. Okay, you shouldn't get. Okay, like to some extent, I want to find a those like people saying slur maybe like ten uh, years ago when people didn't mm-hmm. know saying slurs were a bad thing, like that to mm-hmm. a certain extent. That's like contestable, but yeah, I have better a, examples. I, oh, I told you about this. Like we were talking about this on our walks home about cancel culture and all that. Mm-hmm. And I remember I like brought up the analogy that it was like like saying a slur is the same thing as like shitting your pants, like pooping your pants, <laughs> right? Like. You like just all wash of us, your pants, though. Yeah, or like all of us pooped our pants when we were like one year old. All of us did, but like if we, if any of us poop our pants now, we're probably gonna get socially canceled because like you're like you know control control your bowel movement. Like you like we, it's a different time. You know, you grow as a person. You're not gonna cancel someone because they shit their pants in like in like you know when they were like three or something. Like they mm-hmm. they grow as a person, and you understand that people make mistakes once then, and mm-hmm. it's such a natural like process. That I feel like everybody has to experience growth. Everybody's wrong in some way. Some people just make mistakes publicly, and some don't. Like I don't really feel like like any it have to be any of it has to be justified. I mean, of course you have to apologize to everybody, but I think like the impact of saying like the N word nowadays like instigates hate so much more than if you found someone unknowingly like back 10 years back when they didn't even know when they just said the word when they didn't even really know what the word meant like yeah. like i was definitely also definitely talk- guilty of saying the n-word when i was in like grade eight because like mm-hmm. we also have to appreciate how quickly um society and our our, our, our values and our understanding of um mm-hmm. like like minority issues develop over time because even five years ago there was no talk of like um BLM I guess it started when we were in grade seven I think to have what are you talking about right now BLM and things like that oh yeah uh and and uh and me too and things like that like we I I didn't know saying the n-word was a bad thing everyone was saying it I, mm-hmm. I I said it like a few times and I thought it sounded mm-hmm. weird. I mean, it, it just mm-hmm. sounds. I, that's why I never really said it. It just sounds weird. But so I think we should also appreciate that and realize not only people change, society changes. Um, and, yeah. And we learn uh, that over time that oh, shouldn't have said that. But society before it's like it's a different time period. I mean, like 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 odd example, but in 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 ancient Japan and Greece and Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's commonplace for like pedophilia was commonplace. In right. fact, it wasn't only commonplace; it was like morally virtuous to engage in acts of pedophilia. Only like only 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 um, like like gay pedophilia, where like older man and a younger boy, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's a morally virtuous act of uh, it's seen as uh. You know, like unifying yourself, innocence with, yeah, uh, with like youth. You know, I yeah, I it's I don't want to say it was like perceived as beautiful, but like I think it I think it was some way more so like you know like oh like it wasn't something that not only was it not really frowned upon, it was also something that I wouldn't really say celebrated, but it was something that people understood was associated with pleasure. So like mm-hmm. they kind of was just like me like. I okay this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about right now but like I remember I don't know if I told you about this like I was doing some research on like Greek history and I think at one point in like ancient Greek 
Greece. Um, this was only for the aristocrats, but like the normal, like homosexuality was really normal among aristocrats. It wasn't really as divided between like, oh, I'm attracted to women or I'm attracted to males or like whatever. It was more so like the, the standard family dynamic had to be female and male. So like, you know, it's not like homosexuals got to pass on, on in ancient Greece, but like there was a period where if you were a younger kid, you were considered like the bottom basically. And if you were like an adult, like an experienced adult, you were like the top. And then I think they, uh, I think the, like my Google research things explained that they would go on, like, it's kind of like apprenticeship, kind of, you know, a debaucherous apprenticeship, but like mm. still they were, they were supposed to be learning something. And then oh. in the, in the process, they would, no, 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 no. Not like learning something sexually, oh, but okay, like okay. they were supposed to, <laughs> they were supposed okay. to be doing something else, I think. But like, it was also commonplace for like the older man to like, you know, like embrace the younger man and whatever. And they consider that to be like, like a more, a more like bonding experience, I guess. And then that man, that younger boy, it's a boy technically, cause he's like under 18. And then he then transitions himself to become an experienced man. And he just, you know, goes, go does whatever job he's supposed to do. And then he has to marry one day and then he becomes the experienced man. And then he has to take whatever younger boy is there. Okay. Like it's like some sort of weird pattern. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty mean, weird. I was reading about it. Yeah. I mean, people often take um, these examples as signs that homosexuality was like accepted in ancient civilizations. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, as as like I'm I'm, I'm gay as hell, but uh, uh-huh. like we need to be honest. Like this wasn't like it was. This wasn't acceptance of homosexuality. They saw yeah. homosexuality as like almost like a ritual. Um. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, but yeah. like it was always a, a a man and a woman like like uh, like they a man would always be in a heterosexual relationship with a woman and have like sexual flings with young boys on the side. Uh-huh. It was uh-huh. it was not a romantic relationship. Yeah, and I I also want to like add in that what the the thing I was talking about for ancient Greece thing. It was also like even after you finished the apprenticeship or whatever they called it, the the top is basically like there isn't really any prejudice against him he's like you know normal normal alpha male like Mm -hmm. socially Mm -hmm. accepted Mm -hmm. but if after that transition you were still a beta male or like a bottom then you're frowned upon by like the entirety of greece society so like even still then homosexuals i guess or i it's not really half of homosexuals but it's like it's still frowned upon but that i think that might bleed into toxic masculinity as well even if like not just purely the homosexual the homosexual agenda <laughs> i mean yeah uh, we don't really you should rename your podcast the homosexual agenda <laughs> okay no but um i don't think my mom would like that very much okay, so. okay. <laughs> right oh shoot i need to cut out that part where i ah! anyways no my my mom knows she just anyways but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess we can transition this to, like, relationships just, relationships are just strange, you know? Yes, yes. They're so, <laughs> for instance, not even just, like, romantic relationships, but friendships. I think friendships, to friendships to me are harder than romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. It depends on what you value, like, I feel like. 
Well, I mean, in the beginning stages, like like romantic mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like when you, you know, see the honeymoon period, then it's like. But um, friendships, it's like I don't have conventional friendships. You know,、mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have friendships in the sense that you know you hang out every weekend, you go to the mall, you take pictures and post them on Instagram. I never take pictures with my friends. Yeah, well, <laughs> the taking picture、yeah. part, I'm also not really a big condoner of. It's, it's not like I don't, I don't like you know other people shouldn't be taking photos. I don't really care if other people take photos, but I don't really, I don't really take photos either with my friends. I take Polaroids though, but that's only because I feel like senior year is something worth documenting. So when you look back, you can be like, "Oh, we looked like this when we were younger." But like、mm-hmm. other than that, I don't, I don't really see a point in posting you and your friends on social media. It's like what you have、mm-hmm. to prove to people who are following you that you have friends. Like、mm-hmm. I know I have friends, and that's enough. But sometimes、mm-hmm. it's like I look at my page. I'm like, "Damn, I look like a loser." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you guys like like never comment on my post. Oh yeah, I don't. But I don't comment on anybody's post because that's the new <laughs> that's the new connections game. This is the connections game of younger kids,、uh. where like you have to feel like oh you have to maintain a certain social interaction for you to be able to like build that connection. But like I don't I don't really get it. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like the more you say a word, I don't really know though. I feel like the more you say the word, the more it loses its meaning. Not because not really loses its meaning, but more so it becomes cheaper.、Mm. Kind of, be, right? Yeah, it becomes yeah. expected,、uh, and it, like because with my friends, like we would, like even though we, because all my friends are, you know, like, like they're they're workaholics, nerds, they're nerds, they're, they're yes, nerd, nerd workaholics. <laughs> they're great people, though. They're, they're not just book smart.、Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah,、um, like they know how to navigate relationships very well, and um, because they are like. Busy and I am busy. We we don't have much time for each other, but every time we meet, it's like instant click. We talk for like, like we talk about everything, and it's super、mm-hmm. deep and yeah, and, and it's a great experience. I mean, we like we're both busy people, and like we、mm-hmm. only really get to talk when we walk home together. Yeah, and every single experience is a great experience. You know, we never had a. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we ever had an after. School session where it was like boring. It was always boring. like, yeah, triple A like sirloin steak. Triple <laughs> no, <laughs> exquisite. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Uh-huh. Yeah, it's always fun.、Mm. Where are we? Where are you going with this? <laughs> oh no, I, you're talking about relationships. Talk- yeah, yeah, friendships in high school. It's so I don't know, like, what even is friendship? Yeah, it's friendship. I feel like relationships are kind of, like they're still kind of confusing to me because like I guess like for me, friendship kind of comes natural. Like I don't really feel like oh I I have like you know social anxiety or whatever. And I do have like normie friends. I guess we should just call them like regular individuals. <laughs> we do have regular regular friends. I have regular friends and also like nerd、okay, friends. I guess friends are... in the regular stream. No, no, no. I,、right? I, I mean them as no, no, no. Like,、uh, like friends that are normies. <laughs> like, what not, do you not normies. Like, they're just like regular people. Like, like they're not like us, where we kind of just like when we talk, we talk for like five hours about you know the meaning of life. I'm talking about the people who like meet up and talk about like a recent movie we both watched and like you know which are the actors were very attractive, whatever. And then like 
like casual stuff like that too. Yeah, like, it's I have adult. those friends. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, go I ahead. have those friends. Uh-huh. Huh? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I, I just yeah. yeah, go ahead. Okay, I have those friends as well, and I don't really. I don't really know. I feel like maybe your experience in this aspect will probably prove more insight than mine because I I still kind of have to break my familiar acceptance with like my experience of friendships around me to be able to understand kind of what you're trying to convey. Okay, I I do have what you would call normie friends. No, no, I wouldn't call uh-huh. them friends. I call them acquaintances because I I am very like yeah. I am very strict on my criteria of who I call friends. And mm-hmm. I would say, like, people who I, who are, I hate to call them normies, but normies. Uh, I would, well, I would normies say, not a derogatory term, right? It's like, it's yeah. just but vanilla individuals. How about have, that? Let's use that word. They have Vanilla individuals. They have healthier yes. lifestyles and they just think about things less, you know, which is healthy yeah. in a way. Um, you know, why do you yeah. need to know so much about so many things? Knowledge like, is honestly pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, because when you're learning, you know, you're you're building neuron connections, you're breaking neuron connections. Literally, a, a physical painful, physically painful process. Um, yeah. So, it, I have these acquaintances, and I, I enjoy interacting with them, but um, not for a prolonged period of time. You can only you can mm-hmm. only like fool around like little children for so long before it loses any meaning yeah well i think it has to do with what you value because i think like people like people like you i guess i'm somewhat like you too like we probably really value that deep emotional connection where i feel like we're growing and we're experiencing each other's growth as an individual by furthering our mindset something like that but on the other side like vanilla individuals (laughs) i hate that term whatever vanilla individuals might just seem this as like you know i'm born on earth and i'm here to have a good time so i might as well just Mm -hmm. do whatever is convenient for me and you know that's enjoyment yeah i mean it's not like vanilla individuals are incapable of having like like intelligent conversation either that's not that's not what we're really saying like they also have like deep reflection points but just not as us where we're like reflecting on ourselves and what's going on around us constantly yeah yeah <laughs> that's my experience with them like if, if i wanted to talk about something deep like most of the time it's not they don't have anything to contribute but it's like they haven't really been familiar with what i'm bringing up kind of so like it takes time for them to have to adjust mm, they haven't thought about it much and it, it you can't privilege one lifestyle over the other they have mm-hmm. their pros and cons either way um but like my mom always wanted me to like make friends with people for very like political reasons you know she would say why aren't mm-hmm. you like why don't you talk to this person more you know they do like i don't know like for instance karate you can learn karate from them i'm like mom i don't know about that gonna, one we're not just gonna arrange <laughs> sessions and where she they are going to teach me karate like that's not how friendships work um, mm-hmm. But I know people who are very capable of doing that, and you know, I mm-hmm. tried being like that. I tried creating friendships just for the sake of, um, like learning from each other, and uh, mm-hmm. like this this very almost like economic financial perspective on friendships, and it's just very very tiring. You can't maintain it. I don't yeah. I don't know how people do it. I I almost don't like that approach. I feel like I feel like that's not that's not 
you know what life is about kind of like you i don't think you could actually gain joy from that it really depends on what your mindset because i feel like your mom approaches it from a very like i want the best for my children i want her to be the best version of herself so she could be so like i want her to surround herself with friends that were that will further her but like i don't think you really gain peace or like true happiness if that's how you approach friendships you kind of have to look at the other person and like care for the other person kind of that's how you you like the more bonds you have with other people that's how you feel tied down and you know like purposeful and fulfilling fulfilling friendships basically where you're actually there for each other it doesn't really matter about whatever circumstances that the other person has that you like whether or not you could benefit from them stuff like that because mm. i feel like that probably doesn't really go along with you as a person either i mean it really depends on what kind of person you are if you really want to further yourself then it's not like i'm shaming you for like for like having that kind of perspective on friendship but i feel like it's hard to find it fulfilling and at the end of the day you might pause and feel and like look around yourself and be like why am i all alone just because you aren't able to make those bonds mm. probably I, i think i have two things like one it's like mm -hmm. i think my mom's perspective is a very like modern workaholic perspective where you mm -hmm. want to build up skills so you can succeed and that's going to bring you happiness and meaning hypothetically yeah but our perspective towards friendship is that we want a more sustained happiness and sense of meaning um mm -hmm. instead of like exchanging for this uncertain reward in this hypothetical future that may not come and, and secondly it's like you can't just just fragment this person and and only uh interact with parts of them you know like yeah. I, like I, when i'm interacting with maybe like karate kid i'm not only interacting <laughs> as like with yeah. them as a martial artist i also need mm -hmm. to interact with them as a with as a as, with, um, interact with them as a human being and mm -hmm. like sometimes they're horrible human beings and i don't want to interact yeah. with them and it's, i mean it depends on how you approach it too i guess Because, like, I was, like, if you actually genuinely put in the effort to care for someone else and, you know, like, be there for them, then I guess even if you, even if you view that as, like, oh, this is the, this is the amount of work I have to put in for the result of, you know, being a karate kid as well, for that result to come to you, I guess that works because through that path, you'll discover that you gain more than just being a karate kid. You also get to have a very caring friend and, you know, experience you know the things that are like instrumental to life like mm -hmm. connections basically yeah i mean like yeah. through debate uh mm -hmm. like i i made great I, i made like great friends who are amazing phenomenal debaters but also amazing people and mm -hmm. i don't think why i don't understand why you need a um sacrifice like if you i don't know why you have to settle for less there's there's great people who are competent 